0: Hello, and welcome to Red Talks. I'm Derek Bell, Research Project Manager at Red Sea Ireland, and I'm talking with one of my colleagues, Associate Director Iona Murphy from Red Sea UK, and today we're going to be talking about consumer views on sustainability. Hello, Iona.
1: Hi, Derek. Good morning. How are you doing?
0: Very good. Yeah, not too bad. Um, I know for our listeners, that's all of you listening right now, Red Sea has been running a semi-annual consumer sustainability monitor in the Republic of Ireland since July, 2019, and in the UK since March, 2020. It's run amongst the representative sample of adults. And in case you haven't seen it, our latest research was run this past March and is on the Red Sea website in case you want to check it out. So, Iona, it's, it's a very interesting time uh, to be a market researcher at the moment, as I'm sure you'll agree. Uh, when it comes to uh, sustainability, and just bearing in mind the impact of COVID-19 and and how that's affected consumers and their views on sustainability, um, like in Ireland, for example, we see this we see this uh, slow and steady decline uh, over the last year in people who think that the environmental problems have a direct effect on their life, and uh, while at the same time we're seeing this like this slow rise and people who do say that they want to live more sustainably but at the same time are saying that they're not willing to change their lifestyles in order to do that so I'm just wondering like from your point of view in the UK like what what are your thoughts on that and are, are you seeing things similar to that in the UK?
1: Yeah so that's really interesting I think there's a kind of a few things that we're seeing in the UK and some of that does mirror what you're seeing in Ireland as well Um, I guess the one difference is that we are seeing a growing sense of urgency, actually, about taking action on climate change. So um, up from kind of March uh, 2020, so just before lockdown, um, we're saying that fewer people um, say that they don't believe global warming is real compared to last year. And um, actually a decline in the amount of people who say that global warming is over by the media. So there's kind of a strength of resolve about the um, importance of climate change and a slight increase in people who say, we need to take action now. So it seems like it's very much still at the forefront of people's minds, um, even through COVID. And you know, some other research shows that actually a third of Brits are more concerned about the impact of climate change than COVID-19 at the moment, um, which is pretty impressive seeing how much COVID dominates the media. Um, But I think, yeah, COVID undeniably will have impacted um, how people are thinking about um, climate change and COVID uh, because it depends on how your circumstances have changed. So, you know, if you're somebody who's now, um, you know, struggling to pay your bills because of situations related to COVID, then climate change is not going to be your number one priority. But if you're somebody who's lucky enough to have kept your job, Um, then you probably have read a lot in the news about, you know, the interconnectedness of supply chains and potentially the links between um, climate change, deforestation and Covid. So that might have actually raised the visibility of issues around global warming. Um, But the interesting thing that we are seeing as well and similar to yourselves is around um, the amount of people in the youngest generation. So the 18 to 24s, who say that they're not willing to make changes um, to their current lifestyle. Um, but they would like to live more sustainably. Um, so, yeah, I think there could be a few things happening there. Um, one of them could be this sense of being you know, completely fed up. You know, they've had a terrible year. University isn't going well. Thinking like, you know, how much change more realistically can I make in my life? Or the other theory could be that this youngest generation is more of this kind of system change mindset, and they're looking out at the world, going, you know, something has to change, but it's not my lifestyle; it's business, it's government.
0: Yeah, no, like what you what you're saying there about the younger the younger age groups is uh, really interesting. I think um, we, we do like we are seeing that that in our own research in in Ireland, you know, where you have this this pro environmental sentiment running. Particularly higher amongst that that those younger age groups, um, but then and even though that that group isn't a isn't the most at risk from dying from COVID, um, they they have been like you mentioned they're uh, disproportionately affected by the pandemic, um, with economic aspect and uh, losing more likely to have lost their jobs as a result of the the lockdowns. So like on the one hand, they're more likely to believe more likely to believe that environmental problems have a direct effect on their life today, but then on the other hand, they're just being tested in, in all these ways. Um, and, and then like on top of that, we're now hearing reports that the carbon emissions are, are not nearly as low as what energy experts had been expecting. So um, like you're saying there, younger people are, are surely like thinking, hold on, like what more do we have to do at the moment? And that that's probably the, the view to a certain extent amongst the the wider population. So um, people are stressed, they're stressed by COVID and they're just kind of pushing ahead, not making these huge changes to their lifestyle with regards to sustainability. And do you think that there could, I guess my question to you is, do you think that there could be an an element of just information overload and and confusion going on amongst consumers? And do you think think that could be, Could that be causing consumers to essentially throw in the towel in in some ways?
1: Yeah, I mean, sustainability is a very um, confusing field. Um, And there's a lot of contradictory information out there. And, um, you know, many studies have shown that people don't really understand what actions are the most impactful when it comes to living sustainably. And so you've got things that are actually quite simple to understand, like fly less, eat less meat so it's renewable energy supplier, people don't really have such a great comprehension of those as the key actions that you need to take. And um, there's much more focused on pack- packaging, plastic packaging, on waste and recycling and those kinds of things. Then that's just got that bigger visibility really at the moment. Um, So really, it's no surprise. I know it's the case in Ireland um, as well, but in the UK, we've seen really quite steady amount of people who say that they, you know, will ever get on a plane and take a flight or who will ever eat meat Um, and actually relatively similar um, amounts of people using um, a kind of fossil fueled energy supply. So that's quite constant. Um, But, you know, when we start to think about things on a, you know, a product level, you know, how which one is the most sustainable type of packaging or what's more sustainable between uh, cotton or a polyester shirt and electronics. That's when it starts to get so confusing for consumers trying to really work that out. Um, Because investigating the sustainable option, which I've tried to do for many categories myself, it can be very time confusing and it can be a bit demoralizing. Um, and we actually see that forty percent of people um, in the UK say that they specifically seek out products that are sustainably sourced or produced. So those people might actually be having quite um, a, a bad and a kind of off-putting, demoralising experience when it comes to trying to do the right thing um, when it comes to sustainability. And you know, it, it can be overwhelming sometimes. I actually just Send my husband to do the supermarket shopping because I will sit there going between this brand and this brand, um, and it's just really difficult for people to know what to do, especially if the answer is just do less.
0: Yeah, I mean, like in Ireland, we're seeing some of the, the that same type of thing where you have uh, it's over, over half, well, well over half of the population that that claims to be looking for seeking out sustainably sourced or produced products. So that's that's a sizable sizable proportion of the population that, that is doing that. But um, like we were saying already, like you've got all these people that are, people are being pushed and pushed and pushed with COVID and people are confused with all the conflicting information that's out there on sustainable products and what's sustainable. One day it seems it's sustainable, the next day it doesn't. So it seems that people are looking for direction. Um, I know like uh, my family and I, I, we go on lots of walks in the woods and stuff. And you, you, hear, you hear advice on if you get lost in the woods to to not to just stay put, to, to not go wandering around to where you get lost. So it seems that people are in a way lost in the woods and that they're, they're just kind of hunkering down. They're happy where they are they maybe want to do more, but they're not going anywhere. They're, they're kind of looking for someone to come find them and lead them out of the woods. And so um, for, for for brands, it, it seems that or brands or businesses, like which do you, what do you think your your take is on that? Like, how do you think brands can can help lead consumers out of the woods?
1: Yeah, so I think that um, actually, it's going to be really hard for brands to navigate this on their own. And it's a kind of concerted push that we need between brands, between government and um, between the public as well. Um, So when we ask the public, who do you think should be doing more for sustainability and kind of who's doing enough? um, We're seeing that really it's that the public are looking to brands and to the government um, to do more, but they feel like themselves personally are doing enough So I think that really it's about government setting the parameters that make that sustainable innovation for brands possible and kind of incentivizing behavior change and helping um, companies innovate because they can only go so far on their own. Um, So we could see things like, um, you know, maybe subsidizing um, plant-based alternatives because we have subsidies already for beef and dairy. Um, We've seen in the UK, we've got a right to repair law this summer which is going to make it easier for um the public to be replacing their goods and to you know know, you're fixing your fridge instead of throwing it away um but ultimately we need to travel and eat and have fun and express ourselves and um we can only i think really achieve sustainability when there are credible alternatives for that are affordable um that are kind of fun to use um and ultimately that's where the brands come in because they'll be producing those products that are ultimately going to lead people out of the woods to use your analogy.
0: Perfect. Um, And I know um, like in terms of a straightforward path for brands, um, you know, if they were to get it right, um, like there's clearly pent up demand for those products. Um, Like I was referring to earlier, like well over half the population in Ireland is looking for these products. Um, And then, you know, when we look at those, those younger age groups, uh, 18 to 24s, for example, like they, they, it's not surprising that those groups are more likely to be seeking out those products because they are more likely to think or to believe that environmental problems have a, have a direct effect on their life today. So um, it, 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 seem, it seems like that age group in particular is just really important to, to get it right with with that, that those younger age groups, um, in the UK, like, how do you think, how do you think brands can, can actually get it right in that way?
1: Yeah. I mean, it's a very tricky thing to do to communicate your sustainability credentials. And, um, you know, there's no, um, traffic light system. There's no standard reporting system out there. Um, but ultimately, um, I think that it's very much on brands to be doing all of the kind of um, measurement to do a life cycle analysis on the back end and really understand that their products are sustainable. But what I think that the public don't want to see is this product has X amount of CO2 because that number doesn't mean anything. It's not about just placing that number out there. Um, I think we're seeing really good examples of brands that think of some quite creative ways to promote sustainable lifestyles. So Unilever um, for their Coleman's um, mint sauce have you know, not really talked about the product so much, um, but encouraged people in the advert to buy from British beef sorry, to buy British lamb instead of New Zealand lamb because of the food miles. So that's an opportunity for a brand to signal that, you know, they are very sustainability conscious and it's not necessarily just about the product, but it's about how the product is used as well. So that's um, a good example. Um, I think there's definitely um, lots of brands getting on the sustainability bandwagon, so to speak, at the moment. And really um, there can be a lot of just, Uses of terms like sustainability just being there a million times on comms or saying, you know, for for future generations. And it's all becoming a bit samey. So um, I quite like brands like BrewDog that are quite fun. So they've gone um, carbon neutral or even carbon negative potentially. And their campaign is FUCO2, um, which is kind of, you know, working with already um, what their kind of brand strengths are and integrating it um, into that. But yeah, I mean, there is a lot of greenwashing happening and um, actually a consumer watchdog found that 40% of um, green claims online are either misleading or um, unsubstantiated. So I think what we have seen in our research is that while it's very difficult for people to kind of root out these claims, um, if you are discovered to have a sustainability issue or an ethical issue, then actually that can be a cause for boycotting your brand. So one in four adults say that they've boycotted a brand on on, um, ethical or sustainability grounds. And um, that's almost half in that 18 to 24 age group. So um, sustainability is increasingly becoming, I think, a hygiene factor in purchase and brands need to work to make sure that they are keeping up. Um, with the norm in terms of what the standard is for sustainability reporting.
0: Yeah, so I think, I think what you said there is really interesting just because it is tough for brands to, to get that right. You know, you have, you have that, that brand that maybe wants to do more for sustainability and they're trying to, to be leaders in, in setting the tone and the messaging and leading people in the right direction, taking them out of the woods but it's walking that fine line of being authentic and possibly coming off as a bit fake and consumers are, can sniff that out very easily, it seems. So um, yeah, I think, I think that's really good food for thought for brands, Iona, um, in the year ahead. And um, just, uh, we really thank you for taking the time to, to listen to us today. This is our latest episode of Red Talks. Again, I'm Derek Bell with Red Sea and this is Iona Murphy and thanks very much.